Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Knicks, baby. Off-season additions continue. We are in the NBA Finals. Golden State won yesterday. Uh, the guy we're hoping joins our team was talking junk to Drake, calling him Aubrey. That's that's a little Kevin Durant talk. We won't go there today. Where we will go is R.J. Barrett, the guy that we think will be the third pick in the draft no matter what happens, whether he's on our team or not. He did something kind of cool that we like. We'll talk about that, turning down the Grizzlies interview a little bit. Um, we'll talk about the one rumor that leaked out over the past week about the Knicks trading their picks. But what this really is going to be is a deep dive kind of on R.J. Barrett. I'm joined by the one, the only, Big Baby David who has recently fallen in love with R.J. Barrett, so I might have to bring him back to earth a little bit, or maybe I'll be low-key hyping him up even more. So well, let's talk Knicks. Bomb, 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 Ladies and germs, welcome back to Talking Knicks. Hope everyone's doing well today. I'm... Jake Story, Jake Story Alley, whatever you want to call me. I, I went viral the other day posing in a half shirt. So what's your life like? Welcome. <laughs> that was aggressive. Dave. I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to go at the people like that, bragging about being half naked on the internet. But I guess we all knew it was going to end up there anyway. So the best place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody... Only 5 million people saw me wearing a half shirt. I'm still, I guess this is me coming to grips with it. And I'm, I'm there, Dave. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. I had a bit of a viral moment myself. I have a tweet doing just great numbers. Yeah, uh, where are we at? Yeah, it uh, looks like it's going to get to 3,000 in a bit. So wow. 3,000 likes, 1,000 retweets. That's far and away my best tweet. So What's the tweet? I'm excited. Uh, it's the seventh inning Clint Frazier lowlights with the Benny oh, Hill no. music in the background. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so people are running with it. So you and Clint Frazier are no longer friends. That's yeah, official. That's, that's a shame. He hasn't blocked me yet. Um, that's all right. Um, maybe, maybe, he'll use, maybe you'll be his motivation and he can credit you. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, probably won't happen. But... Um, what, what's it, what else is going on, Dave? You went on a hike today. I, yeah, I went on a little hike today. My friend found a new spot that he liked, so he took me there. And we went for like a nice little hour-long route. That's just talking, life. talking life, getting a little fresh air. It's a nice, like, cool day. You know, perfect day for it. That's awesome. Yeah, you're talking to the guy in Denver about hiking. I should, uh, I need to do that. I haven't done any of that yet, and I'm pretty dumb because that's part of the reason I live out here. So. Uh, thank you for the reminder. Um, outside of that, you're you're officially uh, you're you're what two two three weeks into being a real person now, kind of. Uh, uh yeah, like sixteen days if the quick math serves me there. Yeah, um, you only have to so do it for yeah, the rest really of your life. It out, so 
<laughs> you got it packed. Well, good. It's all done. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That makes me confident because, Dave, you've been hyping your new man crush, RJ Barrett. And we'll get there in a second because um, I, I actually did some research. Normally, I'm a, a watch, get a stat or two, and go from and fly from the seat of my pants. I, uh, I, I looked a couple things up, and I, I've got some RJ Barrett thoughts. I'm interested to see where you're at. But first, let's address kind of the one news in Nick Nation because we we haven't heard anything different on the KD front. We haven't heard anything different on the Anthony Davis front. Um, we did hear one, I, I don't know if I want to call it a fun rumor or a scary rumor or just a Knicks rumor in general. Maybe that's all Knicks rumors. <laughs> but we had the Knicks rumor come out that they had interest in trading the three-pick for the eight and the ten pick, um, Dave, I, I know you you looked into this a little bit. I, init, initially, as a Knicks fan, you have to say this is bad, and then you look into it, and what do you find? It would be well. First of all, there was another report that uh, it was ba- it was purely just a tire kicking situation. Sure, nothing nothing is at all being talked about in you know advance. Um, between the Knicks and Hawks, they literally like laid that out a little bit. But you look at it more, you know. My first thought was like, I mean, I prefer they don't do that just because we're trying to win. But right, uh, but like it, it maybe if it was another year, maybe I'd I'd have thought like, oh, okay, maybe just like accumulating more late picks or like if we weren't gonna if we weren't expecting to be big players in free agency, maybe I'd have my first thought would have been to be more open to it. But then, uh. Then you you look at who like the three eight and ten picks have been. So since this, uh, I'm not gonna try to pronounce that guy's username on Reddit, but he sure. uh, shared the list of who the last <laughs> love, three love, eight and love ten when we, picks love have when been. we side our love love when we side our sources. Oh yeah, so not sure see. who this guy is, but I like him. <laughs> so last year it would have been Luka Doncic for Colin Sexton and Mikal Bridges. 2017, it would have been Jason Tatum for Nilakina and Zach Collins. 2016, Jalen Brown for Marquise Chris and Fawn Maker. Oof. Oh, no. uh, 2015, Jaleel Okafor for Stanley Johnson and Justice Winslow. It's a wash. Yeah. Uh, 24, Embiid for Staskis and Alfred Payton. Oh, no. That one's tough. Uh, the year before that, Port, Otto Porter uh, for KCP, CJ McCollum. Uh, that one, if you, if you do that one, maybe it works. It depends on how you feel about McCollum, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Beal for Ross and Austin Rivers, Terrence Ross. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. then Ennis Cantor for Brandon Knight, Jimmer for Debt. Derek Favors for Al Farouk Aminu and Paul George. There it so is. That one would have worked. Uh, Harden for Jordan Hill and Brandon Jennings. Big oof. Uh, OJ. Well, let's think about it. <laughs> OJ Mayo for Joe Alexander, who, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't heard of. And Brooke Lopez. West Virginia. Joe, you should have seen Joe, Joe Alexander, BBD. Stud. Ah, uh, before my time. Best there ever I, was. I was 11. <laughs> he was <best. laughs> Is uh, 2007, Al Horford for Brandon Wright and Spencer Hawes. Mm. 2006 for Adam Morris, Adam Morrison for Rudy Gay and Muhammad. Last name is S E N E 
I don't know how to say Mohamed that. Sene? Yeah. Big Sene. center, I think. Sure. That's a big center name. So yeah. that, that one would have worked. Uh, 2005, Darren Williams for Channing Fry and Andrew Bynum. 2004, Ben Gordon for Rafael Araujo and Luke Jackson. And then mm. 2003 would have been Mello for TJ Ford and Jarvis Hayes. So maybe like four of those, it worked out. Maybe five if you include ones that are essentially a wash out of yeah, the last like 16. You'd so say like, yeah, two, two out of 20 for sure. And then... Yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, over time. It doesn't seem like that's a smart play, and I, I guess there would be something to be said about how, how we've talked about kind of the tiers of this draft class, how it does fall off. That if there's two guys you really liked in that next tier, you'd have a shot at them, but it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I guess when we heard the kick the tire stuff, I know I saw like Torian Prince's name kicked around because this is with Atlanta. Um, so uh, it would be interesting to see if there were dynamics there. You could do it where, I mean, if contracts and different things started to work out, and I, I don't know, does Kevin Durant love Torian Prince for an unknown reason? I don't know, but otherwise it just doesn't seem to add up. Yeah, I guess the other part was like there was potentially like a Frank swap in there also. So again, right. maybe Durant just doesn't believe in Frank or something. So there's other facts that play. It's not purely a three for eight and 10 situation, but just, just looking at those picks and just thinking about it for more than a minute, you you realize it's not a good move to trade out of three in that spot. Yeah. Hopefully the tire was kicked and that was it. Um, And end of tire kicking. Cause yeah, there's, there's no way. I mean, with where Atlanta's at, um, I mean, they just got, (laughs) they got screwed in the lottery. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't make sense with us interacting with them. I think I think as quickly as those rumors came up, the world kind of started shooting them down. So un- unless there's an unknown dynamic where we would be able to shuffle some money and, and create another opportunity, uh, we're saying no, Dave. Uh, no, thanks. The, the firmest of no <laughs> thanks is. Um, I appreciate you being polite about it. And now... Well, Dave, here we are. I'm on Mohamed Sene's basketball page. 40, 47 career games, average 2.2, 1.6. Not bad. Um, yeah, it's real number, number 10 overall pick for the Supersonics. I always thought him and Durant would pair up perfectly, but that's that's just not how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, maybe this is their yeah, chance. He's probably he's a free yeah. agent, right? Um, yeah, 33 years old. He can still he can still. He's the head of his time. Um, Dave, let's get to the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to do here today. Um, And man, I'm basically going to kick it off to you to start. Um, And I I don't know where you want to start, where you want to finish, but RJ Barrett, we, we initially had the news come out that you liked a lot that he just turned flat out, turned down an interview with Memphis, basically telling them like, uh, you guys want Moran? All right, I'm good. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to go to Memphis. I'll be a Nick, baby. Um, so we like that attitude a little bit. Um, tell me, tell me where you're at on that, David. Tell me where you're at on RJ Barrett as a player. Tell me, I guess, if anything has changed with your thoughts on him between draft night and now. What, what do you got? Let's see. Um, I, know, I just, I liked. I definitely liked hearing that he just. There's a bunch of different reports from him and 
people that know him saying he just really wants to be in New York. He's not afraid of the, you know, the big lights and everything. It's why he went to Duke. It's why he left his high school to go to, you know, the big, the bigger high school, Montverde Academy. Um, and then honestly, the thing that like made me like kind of freak out a little bit and tweet that like, I just want him really badly. Was that, did you see that picture that was going around of him and that workout where he's just like, all the way up, like ready to go to throw a dunk down. Now, there's possibly some camera work at play because I don't think he can actually sure. jump that high because that looked like higher than Zion's ever jumped. But like that was fun to look at. And just like looking at his muscles, not to get weird with it, but like it really got me going just seeing how, how way more built up he looks when he's not just like next to Zion, who's a monster. He's right. Like, Dude, this guy's like built. Like, it looks good. He's physical and as far as his actual basketball playing nothing's really changed there i just think he has all the tools to have as much potential as anybody uh from everything we saw in his year at duke and what you hear about him seems like a hard worker steve nash is his godfather so that's he, he he's been around nba circles his whole life um just seems like there's a, it would take a lot to go horribly wrong for him to not at least be very, very solid. Yeah, it does seem like R.J. Barrett has what you consider a pretty good floor. Um, yeah. Depending how things pan out, there's there's some concerns about his shooting and his decision making. I, I want to circle back on that a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but let's 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 go back to. Um, yeah, I mean, his, his dad was a basketball player. He's very much involved with the Canadian national team, and Steve Nash is literally his godfather. Not like that's just a common – that's not just a basketball yeah. player thing in Canada. It's not like you just get that title if you're good at basketball. Steve Nash, genuinely this man's godfather. Um, <laughs> and one one thing about Barrett, I'm pretty sure he reclassified um, to early to enter – to play college basketball last year, to enter the draft early. He's super young. I mean, he's still 18. He turns... Uh, like end of the month or something? He yeah, June, June 14th. So in, in a couple uh, weeks. So he'll, he'll be 19. Uh, on draft night. And again, we, we get lost in this, David. But I mean, imagine being 19 years old in the NBA. Um, yeah. Like that, that ship never really came close to my borders. Um, but he... He had a really good year, and I, I, I want to start getting into that a little bit. And I, I loved what you said, Dave. I didn't, I never really thought about that. But one of his strengths is his body. I mean, the dude's six seven and pretty filled out. Again, for an eighteen year old, I think that hasn't been talked about a lot because he played next to one of the more freaky humans we've seen on this planet. Yeah, I think one of the things that like kind of I, I literally showered before this and it kind of popped in my head was like. I think if Zion didn't go to Duke and we saw RJ be like the guy on that team, we'd probably be talking about him as we'd still have Zion one. We'd probably have him as like the clear cut number two, just because of how his physical gifts he's six, seven and he's longer than that wingspan wise, which is like all people look for in the NBA Yeah, these days. So I don't know. He's just, you gotta like the idea. And it doesn't mean I'm completely against an AD trade and maybe we'll, get into that soon but right uh but yeah certainly gotta like the position the Knicks are in to potentially have this guy yeah and he's I I think it was funny I saw he has almost the exact same measurements of DeMar DeRozan if if 
people need to picture it like that. I, I think it's funny, and I, I, I keep saying we're going to circle back to things, but I do want to circle back to NBA com- player comps because I've got a, I've got a couple things there. Um, but you're right, Dave, and I, I think there's two semi-obnoxious things we need to get out of the way before I can fully dive in. Um, a, you're right with what you just said. I mean, if R.J. Barrett, trade John Morant and R.J. Barrett, and what really changed? I mean, we, we don't know for sure. R.J. Barrett led the ACC in scoring. I bet he does pretty well at Murray State. <laughs> um, I, I bet R.J. Barrett would have put on a pretty good display at Murray State. Not taking any away from John Morant and, and his yeah. nice, uh, nice tourney games. But, um, yeah, if you want to play that game, you could start getting the weeds. The problem with that conversation is it doesn't land anywhere. I mean, what – it, it turns into just a dumb bar discussion. Ah, oh, Barrett would have averaged 35 at Murray State. It's like you can't prove anything. It's Who like knows? most of these guys at the top of any draft are going to put up monster numbers in whatever conference Murray State exists in. So yeah, it's and kind of I, a moot point. And then, I, and then I think the other big thing that we need to address before we get into kind of his game a little bit is the Duke dynamic from this year. Um, Coach K has become one of the clear one-and-done coaches, um, which kind of has surprised people, but it's also his, like, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, On the other end of that, this Duke team was oddly thin, and I don't think the pieces matched up great with what RJ wants to do, which that's not a hot take. A lot of people have been saying that. But I think there's a multiplier there, and people are still giving Cam Reddish love, which uh, I, I won't do my whole Cam Reddish spiel. But this Duke season and storyline became a thing because Zion was real. Zion yeah. was super real. He was the dunk guy in high school. Then he became super real, and it was, whoa, this is yeah. awesome. And it almost took away... I'm not going to say it took away from R.J. Barrett, because then then what kind of game am I playing? Playing with one of the best college players ever was tough for him. Like, he, he got some perks. He probably got a couple free assists just by throwing the ball to the basket. Like, there was a lot of perks of playing with Zion. But by the time we got to the NCAA tournament, the ACC tournament, whatever it was, I mean, Zion was the story. Zion was drawing triple teams which was almost daring to let guys like Tyus Jones shoot. And I, w- I was watching tape before, and it's like, well, you know, R.J. Barrett should have kicked it out to Jack White here. And I was like, I don't know if he should have. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if he should have. So there are a couple funky dynamics with this Duke team that, that, can, make, that can make you walk all over yourself. Because there's parts of this Duke team where I can defend certain parts of R.J. Barrett's game. That I'd also, pardon my French, but I'd <laughs> I'd shit on Cam Reddish. Um, True, because I, I I just think there's a few different dynamics, and I'll get into a Tyus Jones, and I mean Cam Reddish. You just had to hit open shots, but um, never mind. So getting in getting into the basketball a little bit, BBD. So let's let's do this world. Let, let's do this world where we're, for whatever reason, we're not trading R.J. Barrett. Actually, let's, let's not do it as a Knicks fit right now. Let's just do R.J. Barrett, the NBA player. Do you, 
What do you like? Uh, what do you like from him positionally? Do you see him as a one, two, or three? Do you see him as all three? Do you? What would you like to see more of? Do you have a player comp for me? I know some people hate player comps. I low key love player comps, but what? Where? where yeah. What do you have? To so, as far as player comps, I, I don't necessarily have a specific thing in mind. Like I, I like listening to other people's really. But yeah. uh, <laughs> RJ, I was listening to some like some like deep cut interviews I got on like page three of the YouTube search yes. for RJ Barrett interviews, and he was talking about how and he was just like, "Well, I'm just me," but I mean, I do like LeBron, so, sure. so he's, he's got like some of that attitude, but he also he models his offense a bit after Harden, which you hear some people say could be his offensive ceiling. Uh, I like the way he's able to distribute the ball, which gives you the idea that maybe he can run it at at the one for any given possession. In general, he seems like a, like a versatile guy, especially on the offense. He can do just because he can do everything at least a little bit. Uh, defense, there's question marks there, but it, it seems like there's the tools there for, the, for him to cover multiple positions or at least fake it at multiple positions, kind of the equivalent of like sort of the equivalent of like, yeah, Clint Frazier plays left field and right field, but, but you can just kind of <laughs> throw him out there. Brad Miller in the minors, he plays all the infield positions. He's bad at all of them, but he stays there. So maybe he, defense won't work out, but it seems like he has the physical tools, the the mental capacity, and you know, whatever else. It, it seems like the potential for him on defense is certainly there. And at minimum, he's athletic enough to you can just throw him on whatever position you want the stronger defender to not be on if he's not the guy being the strong defender. Yeah, there's he with his mix of side and speed, he can do things on one through three. In college, we didn't see him do enough. I was watching watching a little bit of the tape, and he does kind of get lazy. He's not a huge fight yeah. through screens, guys. And you wonder... You know, if you can do so much offensively, that can get swept under the rug pretty easily. Um, so that that kind of matters how he does there. I've uh, I've got kind of a fun player comp thing, Dave, because I I think it's I think it's always funny if it's a lefty, we're looking lefties. Like that's it. Like yeah. Harden, D'Angelo Russell. Like it's got to be. They're lefties. They're crafty. Um, he's bigger than both of those guys. And like James Harden, people mm. forget. People, People forget. Uh, people forget. James Harden's big, man. James Harden's like six five and filled out now. Um, Barrett's six seven. So, Dave, I I went through the draft classes. Nobody jumped out. Maybe you'll have someone, and not to put you too too much on the spot. It's a guy who's in the NBA now. He doesn't get a ton of run. But if I told you a six seven kind of small forward shooting guard point guard type um to come out of the draft it, it actually was a little while ago this is this is kind of unfair because i i thought there would be someone more recent but there's not but any any ideas who i'm hitting towards uh, uh like how, how recent a draft class are we talking ohio state hmm okay no no <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fine um evan turner oh Evan Turner, um, former number two pick in the draft, did a lot of good things at Ohio State, and he had three years there, so it's a little different, mm -hmm. and he wasn't as big of a prospect. But Evan Turner was kind of the most recent guy that came out that was like kind of one through three, 
could handle pretty well, could also shoot. Uh, well, actually, he couldn't shoot that well, and that's kind of been his demise in the NBA. But Evan Turner was kind of one of the last guys that it was like, he was a six seven point guard, um, and he wasn't good enough to run a team as a six seven point guard. So then they tried to make him more of a wing, and then he became like, all right, is he going to be a good player on a bad team, or is he going to be a role player on a good team? Um, and we're kind of seeing that now with the Blazers. Mm-hmm. I kind of have that as Barrett's floor. Um, if he doesn't develop, uh, if the shot doesn't come through, um, and a team doesn't really give him the keys to the kingdom, I think that's kind of what you're looking at, which I know that's not what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, and that's what neither of us want to hear. But that's a floor floor, which, again, as a floor, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's still a quality as, player. Yeah. Um, so sorry for any Knicks fans that are listening, and I scared right there. However, I'll go Stephen A. Smith. Um, I don't see that, and I think I think R.J. Barrett is coming into the NBA at the right time. Because um, I think even when Evan Turner came into the NBA, people said, six, seven, point guard, you can't do that. Um, and I think I like Barrett most as a point guard, and this ties into my Duke fit. Uh, if you don't know, Duke had... Oh, was it Tyus Jones? I, the brother yeah, of Trey, Tyus. Or was it Trey no. Jones, the brother? Trey yeah. Jones, brother of Tyus Jones. Trey Jones, the brother of Tyus, who's who's kind of your prototypical point guard. Defense first, looking to distribute, make sure everybody gets their things. I think he averaged like five assists this year. Barrett averaged four and a half. And I think if Trey Jones was a shooting guard type and Barrett had the ball more in his hands, I think people would like more Barrett. Um, but at the same time, Dave, I have another bad stat for you. And then this, that's all the bad stuff. I swear. (laughs) RJ Barrett led NCAA basketball in charges. Um, and looking at the tape, it was a little bit of what I was talking about before. Um, there was a couple times when he had an option to kick to Jack White in the corner or kind of try to get to the tin and get fouled and he'd end up getting the charge. Um, so I, I think it's something to note coming in, but I think a big, a big part of it is going to be a, where he lands. And if it's in the Knicks, I actually like it. Cause I think he'd have the ball in his hands a lot, but this is one of those things that gets kind of funky because it, there could be an organization that looks at him and says, six, 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 seven. We like what he can do dribbling and passing, but we want him off the ball full time. And I just get a little worried about it. Yeah, have him full time off the ball sounds. Uh, I think, I think it's another situation where like maybe if he didn't, if Z- if like he wasn't with Zion and he was already the focal point and he wasn't trying to like get his to get a little, like a little bit of attention, not to call him like looking for attention. I'd hate to right. to you to say that, but it maybe if he was the best player on the team and. You know, was getting his buckets just naturally anyway. Maybe he would have looked more to those dishing opportunities rather than trying to fight through contact, go up for the layup. Because uh, I mean, we saw him. It's not like we didn't see him. You know, dish out to corners at all. There was um, oh, what the what's the kid's name? The guy who had the the three point shooter, skinny white kid. Um, oh, O'Connell. Yeah, he had he had that one big game, and they were and uh, they're talking about how first of all before that game, RJ texted him like a bunch of times to be like yo we got you we believe in you which is yeah. like kind of just a cool basketball story and apparently every 
like assist to one of his buckets was an assist from RJ. He was like, I told you I believed in you. Again, cool basketball story. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but it, it is an example of him being open to doing things like that. Yeah, and I... And and that's the thing that I, I, I jump back to, man. Like, this Duke team, we're going to look back and say, like, what the hell? Like, people are already saying it with Coach K, because why didn't they... Why didn't they recruit any of the kids from Wofford just to shoot threes? Because, um, I mean, I think we're going to look back at Alex O'Connell, Jack White. Even, I, I think Trey Jones is solid, but I don't think he's a fit. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's where Coach K kind of got stuck in the one-and-done trap a little bit. Because um, at, a, at a given time, I mean, even if it was Zion – Duke was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in NCAA basketball. So when you're talking about this pick-and-roll, kick-and-drive game, um, it might not have been smart of R.J. Barrett's bet. So I don't know. I It, it depends on your opinion of some of those guys and R.J. Barrett. Um, I think there's going to be growth in that department because he's out there with NBA guys because uh, Duke was just weird. You have a guy in Zion who's one of the best college players ever, um, you have R.J. Barrett, who's a really good college player himself, reddish, not doing the whole thing. And then there's two other guys on the court who either aren't shooters, aren't like NCAA caliber, never mind ACC caliber. So there's a lot of different dynamics there. One thing that, that gets me, BBD, the bigger, better deal, is that we mentioned the coach, or I mentioned the coaching and how if they want him to be a point guard or if they want him to be on the winger, most likely in his first year, teams are going to experiment with him to see what he likes and what he's good at. Um, there's a couple different dynamics going on. I want to go back to Steve Nash being his godfather, who um, one of my favorite players to watch play ever. Um, just the creativity passing is unreal. Um, and then on the other uh, side of the spectrum he has the nickname the maple mamba because he's a kobe guy and he's canadian so i put that together but kobe Bryant and steve nash if those are the two players in your head you're trying to emulate your game's gonna come out funky because those guys play totally (laughs) different so that's the part about rj barrett that i don't know what he wants you know, I, I'm assuming he wants to be a Harden or what we saw from D'Angelo Russell here, keeping it with the lefties, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's weird because there's so many different ways for him to go. If he leans towards the Steve Nash and becomes a big passer, and his his high school does have a history of, of training those big point guards. That's where Ben Simmons went. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, we just compared him to, also went there, though, so maybe uh, they've also taught him you know shooting stuff and all that. Um. Yeah, there's. Oh, there's just a lot of different ways it can go. Yeah, but those are. Yeah, those are the two guys he he models himself after a, a lot, or certainly thinks about a lot, and then also, then also LeBron, which is another guy who plays completely differently from those two. Right. So. I yeah, and I just I I think it's funny. I mean, Steve Nash, arguably one of the biggest pass pass first guys ever. Kobe, one of the biggest shoot first guys ever. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 I won't do a whole game log thing for, for everyone listening, but I'll, I'll say this, man, 
His his low point total in a game this year was 13, which I don't care who you are as a freshman. That's pretty impressive for Duke basketball. Um, and his numbers, man, are really good. Um, like, it, the whole – kind of where you started, Dave. I mean, even just physique-wise. But I think being next to Zion just threw off the whole scale. Because yeah. we've never seen anything like Zion to the fact that we kind of ignore that R.J. Barrett goes for 22.6, 7.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists. Um, you know, the, the, the three-point shot is going to be his big question mark. I mean, can he become cool. knocked down or can he not? Um, yeah, even when, consistent? Whether it's on ball or off ball, obviously in today's NBA, that's going to have a huge part in dictating it. His free throw percentage wasn't great, but, like, everything looks right. Um, I don't know, Dave. Like, let's, let, let's do this. He's on the Knicks next year. I mean, call me crazy, and this is, this is where it gets tricky because we did this whole podcast that was like, well, if the Knicks do get Kevin Durant, they're going to trade these young guys away. Let's say there's a world where they're not. Um. If it was KD and Kyrie, this is a big Jakey not for nothing. Wouldn't RJ Barrett be like a really good fit? Yeah, that's kind of where I, you know, found myself thinking. But when we first got the three pick, I wrote that one blog and I kind of talked about how it seems like he would kind of fit in perfectly, especially if the defense, if his defense becomes a, a plus in his game. Um, and you know, while he and he won't have to be the focal point of anything else because just Katie Kyrie go off, and then he just kind of gets whatever this whatever scraps. Um, I forget how I was going to finish that thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, but, but, but yeah, and yeah. and part of it also that like, maybe this year Duke well didn't help his draft uh, stock necessarily. It it did prepare him for the potential pairing with Durant, where he he just had a year where he got to to prepare for not being the best guy on his team, uh, and not being the focal point of his team's offense for, I assume, the first time in his life. And he he, he has a year of doing that, so he's not going to learn how to do that at the NBA level. Yeah, and it it just. It, like everything we've been dancing around makes sense. Like you could play him on the ball and. I, I was talking about, it, you know, hey, would you rather kick to Alex O'Connell or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? Um, <laughs> you know, I think that changes your mentality as a basketball player a little bit for the better because I think that's where RJ becomes really special because if you have a smaller guy on him, he could just pass over them. He could shoot over them. If you have a bigger guy on him, he could get past them, and that's when you get the defense to start rotating. You get the ball moving, and that's where things can happen. But, yeah, I mean, those guys – well, Kevin Durant's the perfect fit with anyone. Let's not bullshit yeah. ourselves. He, he makes every team an instant playoff team. Yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving uh, seems – he's him or Kemba is almost the dream guard you'd pair with an R.J. Barrett because they can handle when they need to. Or if you want to get them moving off the ball, you could do that too and let Barrett run the show a little bit and find out what the kids got. Um, so, again, in that world where <laughs> – Kevin Durant, Kyrie slash Kemba come and they don't demand us to trade the three pick. <laughs> Things yeah. could be pretty good. But uh, the reality of that, um, again, we, we have to see how it plays out. Um, 
Dave, the only thing with Barrett's game that I, I think I haven't touched on that you, you've mentioned a couple times is the defense. It really was a little lackluster for a guy who we've complimented, we've complimented his physique twice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, again, a 6'7", 205 guy um, playing against a lot of kids. And he, not only, I mean, you could go into, you know, he was in the 43rd percentile for garden guards. Uh, you know, we could do that all day. We, I, I'd rather not. Um, there are some clips that he's not fighting through screens. He's not, you know. He fails out a bit. He, He's showing on the three, and if the guy pump fakes and goes, he's gone. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess this is where I have a little bias, Dave, and I, I don't know if you can help with that or not help with that. The Dukies don't have a great reputation for defensive players in the league. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Kyrie Irving, not known for his defense. Um, Tatum, Young, maybe he gets there, but currently not known for his defense. Jabari Parker, known as a human sieve. Um, Jaleel Okafor. People, the the phrase you said earlier about, and I, to be fair about Jaleel Okafor, the league changed a lot <laughs> in the past yeah. couple of years. Because it changed like the second he got drafted, the rest of the league caught up with what the Yeah, and he, he couldn't move his feet, so he was in a tough spot. Um, but Jaleel Okafor, everyone was saying the same things that you were saying a couple seconds ago was that, yeah, he's, you know, he's pretty athletic. He should be, be able to figure it out to get to average. Uh, There's a couple things mentally with RJ Barrett. We've talked about the passing or the shooting. Um, what kind of, do you want to be a Kobe or do you want to be a Nash? (laughs) The, the defense is a huge thing mentally too, because that's not just going to happen. Like, yeah, if, if he becomes James Harden and he could put up 35 burgers on a regular basis, then you could skate by with some things. But yeah, that's fine. the odds are, if he can somehow get there, that's going to be six years from now. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to have yeah, to be able to next tighten contract. Up. Yeah, you, we, we need him to tighten up the screws a little bit, especially if we're talking about pairing him with these all-NBA players, which, again might not make the most sense, but I, I don't know, BBD. You'd, you'd have to talk me into him becoming that defensive player because I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess – yeah, I I can't tell you anything that's going to necessarily convince you. Um, I guess I don't know what you're going to make of this. I, I was watching one interview where he talked about how, yeah, he would kind of rely on just trusting that you know Zion's a freak, so he – would pretty much always just block shots whenever the defense slipped up for Duke. Um, just because he, you know, gets up there. And um, that maybe if he doesn't have that cushion, he'll, he would have, you know, tightened up a bit and not been uh, as worried about offense because he's like, well, I have to defend because I don't have this guy who's just the biggest freak we've seen in college basketball maybe ever behind me. So, I don't know, it, it's, it's definitely weird, but it, like we've said, uh, like we've had, like we have said several times, you know, the tools all seem to be there for that to happen. And just kind of where's he at mentally when, when once, you know, he gets some NBA coaching uh, under him. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's – it's for a lot of players, I don't think you – well, you could say this for every player or you could say this for no players, but I think it's important to say it for R.J. Barrett, like how the team views him I think is important. Like there's, there's probably a couple teams that see him as a two-guard that can pass the rock a little bit. There's some that could probably see him as a straight point guard. There's some that want to see him play one through three. I think one of the bigger things that's going to help him out and circling back on all those Duke guys that aren't NBA players slash guarding the paint on Zion, my guy didn't have a lot of space to operate. And I think R.J. Barrett, A, in the NBA open floor game, is going to be awesome. Um, you mentioned his athleticism on that picture you said you were staring at for hours. Um, his passing, I, I think, is one of the best parts of his game. In an NBA open court where they can't put four guys under the hoop and just put their arms up hoping to do something against RJ and Zion, he's going to be able in the regular season to do a lot of things easily. Just get out on the break and either go to the 10 or make the right pass which he's really good at. Um, so I, I don't see that being too much of a problem. And, and one other thing where I want to backpedal from my Evan Turner comparison just a little bit, it, his percentages weren't great. R.J. Barrett shot 30.8% from three this year. It was on six-plus attempts. Evan Turner in the pros has never averaged more than two three-point attempts a game. So again, that's where player that's where player comps get different. Like he, you know, Barrett can handle, he can pass the rock. RJ Barrett his rookie year is probably gonna average six, seven, eight, three points attempts, and ever Evan Turner's never even approached that. No. So yeah. um let's see. I got one I got another note on, on the passing. Um, okay. So uh per as far as per thirty six minute numbers. There's only like two, by my count. So like two guys projected to go in like the lottery, maybe even the full first round, that averaged more assists per 36 minutes than R.J. Barrett did, and that's John Morant, who's going to be the guy going a pick ahead of him in all likelihood. And the other one's Kobe White, and even that, he's only he's averaging less than one assist more than Barrett per 36. Barrett averaged. Uh, four and a half per 36 minutes. So those other guys, yeah, the only other guy close is uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Really nobody else that's like top 20 projected on the Tankathon big board I'm looking at right now. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, I wonder if that's, uh, if that's just becoming part of the game where it's ball movement, get the open look, and it's less ball-dominant point guards um, outside of John Morant because that ties into our thing. I mean, R.J. Barrett at Murray State, I, you know, I, I think he could have averaged 10 assists every game if he really wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. I, would, I personally would love to see him on the ball more. I think, I think that's what you're saying, too. Um, and that's, that's where I think – there's a world where we look back, and this is tying it all together, we look back at the old Duke team with Trey Jones, who will probably have a nice little right. college career, um, Zion, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's a world where R.J. Barrett is kind of this seven, eight assists per game NBA player. And you look back at the college stats and you're like, he averaged four? Um, 
you know, and I, I think that was a little bit, you know, I, <laughs> this hasn't been a Coach K bashing session, but, um, you know, Coach K, Trey Jones was the fourth, arguably third best player on that team last year, and he's a point guard. So yeah. I guess if you have Barrett that can do some things on the wings for you, you try you try that mix you out. Maximize Jones and yeah, figure all that out. You're trying to maximize your talent. So um, I don't know, man. It, it it's going to be really interesting. I um, I guess this is kind of leaving our Knicks bubble a little bit, but it would be really it would be really cool. I'll, I'll just say cool because that's the honest word. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, if we trade with the Pels for AD and then him and Zion are teammates again, that's kind of cool. That that is cool. <laughs> like playing like playing NBA like, basketball. The other silver lining, if you're a big RJ guy and you if you don't want AD, at least at least seeing him with Zion would be cool in the NBA. Like that's true. College that's, teammates pairing up to do it in the pros on roommates. Best. Yeah, that's normally they were cool. roommates. Never, never mind top three picks. Um. I don't know, BBD. What else do you need to get off your chest about R.J. Barrett? Um, the rebounding numbers also look good. There's yeah. like nobody, again, looking at the per 36 inches on Tankathon. Only Zion, who only averaged two and a half assists per 36, by the way. Um, you know, I've done a lot of praising Zion's passing. The tools are clearly there for him passing-wise. But as far as literal assists, he didn't get that many. Uh, but he, Zion averaged 10.7 rebounds per game per 36, and RJ. I mean, he averaged just under eight. So I mean, that's yeah. a real, you know, threat to to do it all if you if you know if you can harness it. Yeah, and that's um uh, this again becomes just kind of how what kind of light you view the player. Um, you know, RJ Barrett's. Well, <laughs> I was going to say he might not have a player like Zion on his team. He might have a player. <laughs> he might have Zion on his team yeah. again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Zion was grabbing so many rebounds that you could have, you know, R.J. Barrett potentially could have been like a nine-rebound guy this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess there's some kudos to him on that. Um, and, and, again, being so young and where the Duke season ended up landing, um, I, just – just kind of bizarre. Like, I think we look back and we're like, this was a weird mix. Did Coach K use these guys right? Blah, blah, blah. I know people are already doing that now. I think the biggest question marks for me are, or, yeah, let's do this. We'll, we'll do a couple question marks, things that we love. My question marks, obviously, it's the shooting. Um, are we going to look back at the 30% from three and the 66% from the free throw line and say, well, we should have read into those a little more. Are we going to say, you know what? He, he was a freshman. He's got the good form. Um, it, it just needed a little time together. It was one season of free throws. Those, those can be deceptive. Um, although Duke fans will tell you there's a couple free throws they would have liked RJ to hit. Um, yeah. And then the defense, man, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just uh, – that ties into the whole mentality that that ties into that's the where do you see yourself in five years rj barrett do you see yourself you know becoming a a a potential all nba all all defensive player potentially if you put it together for a season or do you want to become james harden 
And I mean, if I had to guess right now, I think it's James Harden. Probably, yeah. That's that would definitely be one of my my big question marks. Is yeah, will that defense become a plus? Uh, can it become a plus? And yeah, will his shooting become any sort of consistent level? Uh, and he was a little turnover prone, so I'll, I would keep an eye on that. But uh, I liked a lot more of the passing than what I would criticize. And so I like, um, I mean, just his like touch around the rim, even with like like one defender on him, even like he's really smooth uh, and. It seems like he can he can hit, especially in one on one situations and and fast break situations. He's gonna be a lot of fun to watch for, I guess either the Knicks or Pelicans, depending on how that that all works out. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it, right? Um, <laughs> and and you're right. That is a big thing that we've kind of missed, David. Is that he's very good at taking the contact and then getting a shot off. Um, which, again, as that body develops more, that should become more of a strength. There might be some lumps early in his NBA career. But you could tell he does have that quote-unquote lefty craftiness where he can, he can bump in you pretty good, but if he gets his shot and his angle around the rim, he can make it. Um, man, I just had a weird thought, Dave. It's, it's, it's opening night, 2019. You okay. and me are sitting courtside next to Spike. Of course. And here come the starting lineup for the Knicks. Your point guard, Frank Nilakina. Crowd kind of crowd is kind of scared, but they still give some claps. Okay, you're starting two guard, Damian Dotson. Crowd's like, yeah, all right, we like him. Like, you're starting small forward, R.J. Barrett. Crowd goes nuts. They're excited to see the kid. Yeah. Yes, we did it. Yeah, all right, yeah. You're starting power forward, Kevin Knox. Crowd's like, all right, yeah, let it ride. And then you're starting center, Mitchell Robinson. Crowd's really feeling it. We're barking. A, that means our offseason went pretty horribly. <laughs> but yeah. not for nothing, there's, there's an NBA world where it's the all-league pass team, and who, who do you like to watch? Mm. That team potentially could be fun to watch. If Frank can if Frank becomes the lockdown defender we wanted, if Barrett can do fun things, if Knox can take take a step up, the Mitchell Robinson show, and then Damian Dotson just being oddly right. solid. Three <laughs> D. Uh, go. But that's that's like watchable, right? Like I, it's not playoffs or anything, but it's watchable. Yeah, I'd certainly watch most games. You know? Yeah, I guess, I guess we do anyways, though. So I guess yeah. we, might, we might be a bad case study for that. But let's... We, I'd we watch all most games. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, that, that was a little bit of me and Dave on, on R.J. Barrett. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that, and we covered, <laughs> covered the weird 810 trade rumors. Um, Barrett's going to be interesting. I, I think it was funny... You know, leading up to the NBA lottery, we started. We went into this world where, oh yeah, we're getting Anthony, we're going to get Zion, we're going to trade him for Anthony Davis, and then it's going to be this: how good does Zion get, and do we regret it forever? Now we're kind of doing that game with RJ Barrett, right? Like if mm-hmm. if we get this guy, can he turn into a Harden, D'Angelo Russell? Um, 
Evan Turner. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> what does he turn into? And if if we were to somehow flip him for Anthony Davis, that becomes the game of chicken. As is our yeah. you know four or five years of Anthony Davis or however it turns out better than the 12, 13 year career this kid could put together. And uh, nobody knows Dave, but um, I, I think it's interesting that you, you have fallen in love with him and I, I respect you for that. And there is a lot to like, man, when he's right, there's not a lot of dudes that can do what he does. That's true. And yeah, look, I certainly like what I see, but if it comes down to it and you can get a deal for, for AD and you have the other guys in place from via free agency and basically the main piece you're sending back, you're sending back is RJ and not even giving up many future assets. I don't know exactly what you got to include to make the money work. Yeah. But that, that's, a, that's certainly something I'm open to investigating, but if we don't do it, I'm not going to be upset by keeping RJ Barrett regardless. Right. right. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. So that's Big Baby David saying that he wants to trade the three pick for the eight for and ten pick actively. I, I, <laughs> actively shopping. Um, what Mike Conley come to town? No, um, Dave, that was great. Um, anything else you need to get off your chest and tell the people? I think that's it. It was that was good. It was it was actually fun kind of getting into some of the tape and the game logs and, and seeing what, what Barrett's done. His, um, I, I think we're more likely to look back and be like, D- I think Coach K kind of screwed this one up. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I think he, he had a I think he, bad year. I think he had two, two really good guys there. But we'll, uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands and what they want him to do and what he wants to do. Um, Mamba or Steve Nash, that, that is a wide range of basketball. Um, if you've been listening, thank you so much. Um, always excited to talk Knicks. And again, we're uh tick, tick, tick. When, uh, how many days till free agency, Dave? We're less than a month, uh, right? Less than, yeah. They moved it up six hours this year. So right. the, big, the big rush can be, uh, you know, everyone can be up for it. So we don't we don't have to stay up late watching. Uh, what, yeah, what's going to be what, Chris Broussard talking about where DeAndre Jordan's car is? We don't have to do yeah. that again. So that's twenty seven days from right now, basically at the time we're recording this. Four is weeks when, is when we're there. That's it'll be Ooh. that Sunday night. It'll be right after the the Yanks London game, basically. Oh wow! How about that? Uh, that man, get the cameras rolling. Start the thirty for thirty. Um, again, if you've been listening, thank you so much. Um, we're gonna have a few more episodes leading up to that, and then, I mean, uh, again, I don't love to curse, but I mean, shit, meat, fan, because that's what's coming. Um, oh, and it, it's still still an exciting time, and and. Another thing we just missed, Dave, the draft is before them. The draft is Thursday, June 20th. So um, keep keep watching, listening to Talking Knicks. Um, we'll, we'll be getting some articles out on the website, um, John Boy Media. Um, 
And thank you so much. If you could leave a five-star review, we'd appreciate that. Otherwise, Dave, I'd say this. I'd say, let's go Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Oh. Hey, everybody. It's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.